leave you today in Mark chapter 1. Let's take another look today at the classic verse, verse 35 and 36, and talk about crossing the finish line for the 40-day prayer challenge. Praise God. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. We're going to be glad and rejoice in you. We thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for your strength and your grace. We thank you that it's always more than enough. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for your Holy Spirit anointing your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, my friends, we are nearing the finish line of the 40-day prayer challenge. As I know many of you have joined us on this extraordinary journey. It began on a Monday morning on January the 8th and will end on Saturday morning after the completion of your prayer time. It will end on Saturday, February the 17th. This has been the 40-day prayer challenge, which consists of three components. Number one is that this is a tithe of your day in prayer. Each day has 24 hours, and what we're doing is we're giving God a tithe of the 24 hours, a tithe meaning 10%. We are giving that to the Lord in prayer. So that's two hours and 24 minutes each morning. The second component of this 40-day prayer challenge is that the tithe is accomplished before 7 o'clock in the morning. No, we're not starting at 7. We've already completed it by 7 o'clock in the morning. And the final challenge of this would be uh, 40 days straight, going 40 days straight. Okay, so on February the 17th, Saturday morning, if you complete it, all three of these, email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org and say, Pastor Stephen, I did it. By God's grace, I have crossed the finish line. And I will be sending out to those who complete this a uh, phone number with a pin, a pin number that you can join me on a conference call. I want to speak a blessing over your life. Praise the Lord. Now, here's what's fascinating. There have been many people that joined initially the 40-day prayer challenge, and life has its way of throwing unexpected surprises and things like that. And so some people, uh, of course, have not been able to complete the 40-day prayer challenge. And there's no condemnation. This is just something to exercise your faith, to light your candle, and to move you forward in your pursuit of the Lord. That's all this is, is an exercise to get closer to the Lord. You know, I received an email last week from a lady that, that said, uh, Pastor Stephen, I'm not going to be able to complete the 40-day journey. I've already had some slip-ups, and I have not yet been able to pray two hours and 24 minutes, not even for one day. But nevertheless, over this journey, I have prayed more than I have ever prayed before in my entire life. Ah, that's what it's all about. Praise God. That's really what it's all about. What we're trying to do is establish through training and practice and implementation of the word, not just being hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We're trying to come into a lifestyle like Jesus 
himself. The Lord said, be imitators of me. That's, that's actually what God said. Be imitators of me. Praise God. You find that over in the book of Colossians. Hallelujah. So we want to imitate the Lord Jesus. We see what he's up to in Mark 1, 35. We'll jump over that uh, to there in just a minute. But I think over something that's this lengthy, a period of length like this, over a time like this, you begin to get nuggets. You begin to understand about God, his personality, because he is a person. Every person has their personality. You begin to realize uh, more of what he's like. And I want to jump into a few of those things here in a minute. But I think perhaps that many of you have also discovered that on this journey, that in order to do this and complete this and be successful, because it's going to end on Saturday morning, so we're only three days out, okay? I, I think quite a few of you have probably realized that in order to do this, you really have to win it the night before, don't you? I mean, after all, if you stay up till midnight watching the late night show, and then after that, the late, late night show, and you just kind of like, oh, now, now I've got to watch Sports Center. Oh, wait, just a minute. This one's coming on over here. We better check the weather for the next 10 years. Mm, okay, you know, on and on it goes. News networks going 24-7. And boy, sometimes it's hard not to look at them. They, there's always something to watch. Breaking news. Yes, yeah, same thing that broke 20 minutes ago. They're just repeating it over again. Well, you probably realize that if you stay up late, and just burn your time away. Before you know it, it's 11, it's midnight, one in the morning. And if you try to get up at four o'clock, 4.30 or stuff like that, you probably realize, whoo, my body is not wanting to do this. Pastor Stephen, I can't do it. It's just too hard to get up. Ah, it's too hard to get up because the person stayed up too late the night before. Praise God. So those of you that are actually walking this out and living this and doing this, you do realize that you actually win it the night before. You set your alarm. I've got two alarms. I like double back up. Set the alarms. That way, when the alarms go off, you have the ability, the energy to respond. Now, we also understand that unexpected things can happen uh, that can keep you up past your normal time. That's just life. You know, you can't always get to bed set time every single night. Life has too many variables and some things uh, just invade. And you know, the next thing you know, you couldn't help it. It's midnight. It is what it is. The kids were crying. You had a problem, a phone call from a family member, you know, whatever. Okay. So, you know, four o'clock rolls around real early, but you know what? If you're just doing the best you can and that stuff happens, God's grace will be there. These are things that you discover about the Lord, about how he'll help. But if you waste your time and do your, your own thing, you wake up the next morning, you may be up, you may be sitting in that chair, but you're exhausted and you're wiped out. It's just like class. If you really want to do well in high school or college or something like that, you realize at eight o'clock in the morning, you know, it's not just about being there, but you want to learn. You want to be attentive. You don't want to fall asleep in class. You want to make an A and you would, you would prefer to have a, you know, favor with the teacher and so forth. And it's hard to have favor if you're falling asleep. It's, it's much the same way in law, uh, uh, with the Lord in these classrooms of learning with God. You not only want to be up, but you also want to be awake. Praise God. I think there's a part where on this journey of life, we don't maybe always get all the sleep that we want. 
And some of the scriptures begin to make more sense in light of actually walking this out. When you see Jesus uh, late at night with the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee and he's asleep in the back of the boat and even in the middle of a storm, he's, he's just not being awoke. You think, wow, wonder why he can sleep so deeply like that. Well, when you start praying like this, you'll be able to sleep so good when you do have the opportunities to sleep because you have to push yourself. Praise God. Now, something that you maybe have noticed is that similar to special forces in the military, let's take Navy SEALs for a moment as an example, that when recruits for the Navy SEALs are trying to get through what's called Hell Week, where the instructors are very, very rough, and you literally do go five days with no sleep. I mean, they, they might give you a little nap, like 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but it's, it's in essence five days of not being able to lay down and go to bed. And you're being pushed all the time. And, you know, you get the feelings of nausea and most of the guys vomit, throw up, and you're pushing your body and your mind beyond the limit it's ever gone before. Well, in the initial phases, the, re the recruits are being yelled at and pushed by the, by the trainers who are already SEALs themselves. And they know there's a high dropout rate. But what happens is when you get past the halfway point, and you get towards the end, they know that there's a small remaining group now that are so committed that the only way they're not going to make it is, is if you kill them almost, because they, they're, they're not going to stop for anything. And you'll notice the instructors, while they continue to push them, they back off. They, because why? They know this group is going all the way. They are so committed. Uh, and there's a small group from the original start but um, they're the guys who are saying, I'm going to make this no matter what. And there's nothing you can do that's going to make me quit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, you know, we're just three days out from the completion of this 40-day journey. And you notice that, you know, you cross that halfway point, you're still in it. You're 30 days, you're still in it. And it's kind of like the Lord's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to help you. Now, you, you, you still got a couple more days to go, but you know what? You're going to make it. The Lord's carried you thus far, and you feel, you kind of feel comfortable now. Praise God. It's, it's kind of like a 40-day fast. In the middle, you're like, oh, am I ever going to make it after 10 days? I don't think I can do this. But, you know, you get to work, and you think, yeah, I've got this now. I'm not about to quit now. I mean, you're going to still be on your toes, but it, it's a different feeling, and it's, it feels really good. Praise God. So those of you that are at the end, just keep on pressing. You're almost there. Those of you that, you know, you didn't make it for whatever reason, that, that's fine. You know, just find another opportunity to jump back in there. After all, if you follow my ministry, the Holy Spirit gives me a lot of, uh, you know, fun ideas of things that we can do together. That's what's fun about it. We can do it together. These, uh, we've had 21 day fasts together. We've had core other types of corporate fasts together. Now we've had a 40 day prayer journey together. Wow. So who knows what's next, but it's, uh, it's always fun to stretch yourself and push yourself. And, you know, there, there is the catch fire. There is the wind in the sail type experiences. One uh, dear ministry partner, uh, an ch online church member from Europe, uh, emailed me and said, Pastor Stephen, some of these mornings, uh, it's like I can hardly stop because there's such an anointing. And I, I, I hit two hours and 24 minutes, and I, I'm just on fire. I, I can't 
stop. So, so she's going sometimes three hours, four hours, five hours, some days, six hours. And she has a, a schedule uh, where she's, she can do this in the mornings and she's, she's single. Not everybody of course could do that. If you're a mother and you have children, uh, that might not be possible for most people, but here's the thing. There are people that do have the time, but they wouldn't do it even if they did have the time. So just the fact that a person's pushing and doing it, you know, it's very inspirational because your walk with God can be as great and as wonderful as you want it to be. And there is no limit. It's like the fruit of the spirit. It says there is no law against these. In other words, there's a speed limit. Don't go past the speed limit. There's a law on how fast you can go, but you can have just as much love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control as you want. It's not like God says, oh, that's too much agape love. You need to stop loving people so much. You need to stop being so joyful. No, there is no law against those things. So your walk with God can be just as strong as you want it to be. There's, there is no rule that says you must shut it off and uh, no more praying. You've prayed too much. No, <laughs> no, especially when there's an anointing, you never know what you just might pray yourself into. You know, Prophet Kenneth Hagin years back, I, I know he went to be with the Lord in the year 2003, but Prophet Kenneth Hagin talked about one minister that he knew that had, you know, more of what we would call a local ministry. And he said this minister began to pray a tithe of his time every morning to the Lord. In other words, he took two hours and 24 minutes and, and said, Lord, before I start my day, I'm going to give you a tithe of my time in prayer. And Brother Hagin said that God gave that man an international ministry, that his ministry began to extend out beyond his local area, beyond the state, beyond uh, even the nation, and began to splash over into other countries. There's no telling what you could bump into when you're walking with the Lord and seeking him quite earnestly like this. I mean, if you're a business person and you're getting up early and you're praying, I mean, God can take your local business and suddenly you got another, you got another vendor in another state wanting your product. And then it could just jump overseas. And before you know it, you're, you're running now a, you know, international conglomerate of some sorts. And Hey, there's no telling what you can pray yourself into that. That's why this really is a lot of fun. And Speaking of fun, by the way, did you notice that the Lord even likes to talk with you about what you like? Oh, I know there's supplication. I know there's petitions and asking God of things and, you know, praying for our family, praying for the president. But, you know, you get your bases covered and there's moments God just likes to hang out and talk about what you like and what he wants to do in your life. And, and he's, uh, he's showing you things that he's going to do. And he's very interested in what makes you happy. God likes to have fun. He's the same God who told Abraham, the spiritual father of faith, who told Abraham, name your son Isaac, which means laughter. God's interested in you being happy. And that's what's fascinating about all of this. When you put this quality time in, uh, in, in a sense, also this lengthy time, you know, you'll cover all kinds of things with God and you'll see that the Holy Spirit will lead you through all different uh, aspects of your life experience. He'll talk to you about all kinds of things and lead you to talk to the Heavenly Father about all types of things. And God, God wants you to enjoy yourself and have fun. Praise the Lord. Now, here's something fascinating. Uh, 
your prayer time needs to have a goal. Now, those of you that have been in the 40 day prayer challenge know that we set a standard of a tie two hours, 24 minutes. And by setting that standard, you have something to reach towards. Even Jesus told his apostles, could you not tarry for an hour? In other words, could you not stay here and pray for one hour? Well, whether your goal is one hour, whether your goal is an hour and a half, two hours, or whatever it might be, you need to have a goal. And here's something very fascinating that maybe some of you have began to understand about God's unusual uh, way of how he likes to communicate. If you want to pray for an hour and you say, all right, Lord, I'm committing to pray for an hour. Why is it that God will enjoy your fellowship and enjoy your prayer time? His presence will be with you. But sometimes why is it that the answers usually come in the last 10 minutes, maybe in the last five minutes? Okay. So you're trying, you're trying to give God a tithe of your time, two hours and 24 minutes. Oh, it's not like the first two hours are wasted by any means. It's very fruitful very uh, productive, very enjoyable. But why does it seem like that if you stick it out the whole length of time that you commit it, why does he come in the last 10 minutes and start talking so much? Oh, I, I used to ask the same question. A matter of fact, one day when my wife and daughter had gone into town and I had the afternoon free, I just said, well, Lord, I'll, I'll just spend it with you. I've got everything done I need to do, so I, I could just hang out with you and pray. And I began to pray, an hour goes by, two hours go by, and you know, I'm just spending time with the Lord. And after a while, I looked out the window, I could see my wife driving up the mountain road with my daughter. They're, they're coming home. And I knew that from that point of where they were at to reach the top of the ridge, turn around, and then come down the long driveway takes about two minutes. And I just thought, well, Lord, you know, I've got two minutes. I mean, I actually, I didn't just think it. I actually said that to the Lord, Lord, I've got about two minutes left to talk with you. Now I'd been there for several hours and it was wonderful. Had a really good time with the Lord. But in the last two minutes, it's like, suddenly it's like I was standing under Niagara Falls. I mean, I actually felt like I was standing under some kind of verbal waterfall and God began to speak and God began to talk so fast to me and began to share so many things with me that I was stunned by everything he was saying, but I was also stunned by like, why now? And why so fast? And I said, Lord, I've been here for a couple of hours and why this rush in two minutes of pouring all this out? I, when I've been here all this time, you could have told me this earlier. I'll never forget what the Lord told me. He said, I didn't tell all of this to you earlier because I didn't want you to leave. I wanted to keep you here just as long as I could because I enjoy your presence. You know, he feels the same way about you. You're his son. You're his daughter. And if you would just spend time with him, he'd answer all of your questions and you would really, you would really get to know him as your father. And I'll never forget that. That's what God told me. And for God to tell me, I like your presence. Wow. And you know, I enjoyed everything you told me, but that statement was more valuable to me than even the revelation of the things that he was sharing, which, which were very very, very helpful to me. Praise God. My friends, that's why God wants you to hang out with him. Spend time with him. 
It will change your life. I don't say that lightly. Spending time with God will absolutely change your life for the better. Verse 35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. A long while. It doesn't tell us how long that was, but um, we know it was a lengthy amount of time. And the Lord's not a legalist. He's not trying to put you under bondage. It's not like he said, this has to be this long. And if you don't do it, you know, you're a failure. No, God's not like that. We're saved by, we're saved by grace through faith. And so it's not of works because as the apostle Paul said, in essence, if it were of works, we would boast. So it's not about works. It's about grace. So this is not about, you know, trying to get some kind of sticker that, you know, Lord, here's my sticker. Now you've got to be really proud of me. No, the Lord's already proud of you. And he's already pleased with you because of who you are in his son. Okay. Everything's good to go. This is about relationship, getting to know God, becoming a friend of God, understanding his character. And really out of this, God positions you to be always at the front of what he's up to. Oh yes, you, you, you don't have to be famous. You don't have to be a Christian television personality. You can be a person that just walks with God in prayer and you are dialed in. It doesn't matter what continent, what nation you live at or where you live or anything like that. It doesn't matter if you're Pentecostal, Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, or Mennonite or Amish. None of that matters. If you are a child of God and you pray and walk with God, you will have the heartbeat of God regardless of what stream of Christianity you are in, regardless of what tribe you are in within, as we would say, 12 tribes, one nation with Israel. It doesn't matter. If you pray, you'll know what God's up to, and you'll know what his heart is and what he's doing. And you'll always be on that fresh move of God, that, that fresh wave of God. Woo. Hallelujah. That's what God's positioned you also for to be a carrier of his glory, a catalyst for revival and just somebody that can get on the spiritual surfboard and ride that spiritual wave of the spirit because another wave's coming in and God's always up to something new, something fresh. And when you, when you're praying like that, you, you will have that fresh anointing and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. You know, the Lord told me one day that if any of his people will imitate him and get up early a great while before daylight and pray that this is a promise that the same thing that happened to him, the Lord said will happen to anybody that, that practices this people will come looking for you too in your career field, in your anointing, in your calling, in your gifting. If you get up early and pray, there will be something on you from heaven, from God that, that puts you in demand that there is a need for you and they'll, they'll come looking for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you have to do it. You have to get up and spend time with the Lord in prayer. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, a great prophet of God named Walter Butler talked about a tremendous move of the spirit that took place at a Bible college where he was the dean of the students. And this went on for three weeks. It was very, very intense. 
And it began by the Holy Spirit waking him up at 2.30. And he was required by the Holy Spirit to stay awake to receive for each day the outline of what Jesus wanted to do in the morning services. And the services often would go from 8 to 12, like a four-hour service. All of the all of the classes were called off because the revival was so strong, none of the students could pay attention. And, you know, for the most part, even the cafeteria, hardly any of the kids were eating there. It was such a strong move of God that everybody was caught up in it. And, you know, and when it's rolling, you want to go with it. So Brother Butler said that the Holy Spirit would get him up at 2.30, and he'd have to stay awake and receive that information, and he would get that entire understanding of what God wanted to do at every service and every service was different. But old brother Butler said, he said, whoo, he said at nine o'clock at night, he said his lights out because you are so tired. Why? Because you, you get up so early, you get up so early that when, when it's early evening, the sun's going down, you just, you're ready to hit the sack. And especially for him, he said, knowing that he is required by God to get up at two thirty, you cannot be playing around. I mean, it's 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 lights out, go to bed, and you're very tired. And not only that, you got to get up early. So that's just part of being a person willing to pay the price. And you know what? That that revival just built and built each day. He would come out and say, students, this is what the Lord wants to do today. Here's the agenda. And they would go through it. God would do amazing things every day, building, building, building until there was a glorious uh, culmination of the end of that, of a very special release of the, of the Holy Spirit upon the people of God. But my friends, these are things that God wants to pull you into the ways of the spirit. And I believe it's good when we challenge ourselves, when we have examples in the Bible, most importantly of Jesus himself, a person who actually uh, was willing to walk in this. And so we have these examples. They're right there for us. Let's step into it also, and God will provide the grace. For those of you that are near the end of the 40-day prayer challenge, just keep on going. May God's grace and strength be with you. And those of you that would like to jump into something like this, you know what? We're always up to new things here, uh, new Holy Spirit challenges. And I'm sure other opportunities will come around where corporately we can do something like this together. I also know that there were a few people that when the message was launched on uh, January the 7th on Sunday, and there was an invitation to begin on the 8th on Monday. Some people didn't hear the message until just a, like the next day after that, or maybe the following day after that. So once this is concluded on February the 17th, we're going to just give just a couple of days for those that caught that message late to also finish. Because some people didn't start on Monday. They started on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So we'll let those within that little time pocket right there all finish within that same time frame. And when you do finish, if you completed it, and remember, this is an honor system. If you completed it, just email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org and say, Pastor Stephen, I did all three. I did this for 40 days straight. I got it all done before seven o'clock in the morning. And I spent two hours and 24 minutes in prayer with the Lord. If you did all three of those together, just email me 
and I will send back to you a telephone number and a pin code and a date of when we will be together on a conference call. I'd like to speak a blessing over the lives of you that completed this. Hallelujah. And for those that perhaps you didn't complete it, you know, God loves you and God is just saying, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Praise God. We're going places together in the spirit. We're going to places together in the Lord. There's always other opportunities. You know, I just know that we are in a season right now where the Lord, it reminds me of Isaiah 55 when it really is a compel, a compelling call of the spirit to seek the Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near, while he is near. And I think that's a great discovery that you can spend time with the Lord in prayer. And in one day, get your entire spiritual walk with God back on track. That's, that's an amazing thing. Maybe for a person that's kind of out of the loop and you've, you know, you haven't been plugged in. You really haven't been walking with the Lord, maybe for weeks, months, maybe even for years. And you can get recalibrated literally in one day with one solid prayer segment with the Lord. Well, when things like that can be so wonderful, why stop? meet him on the next day and on the next day. And I think for many of you, this is something that you're moving into as a lifestyle where you're saying there's so much wealth and blessing in this, that this is something that now is a part of who I am. I am a person of prayer. And you take, you take that anointing seriously. You guard that and protect that because that is something sacred your walk with the Lord. And there are many things that will try to pull it away from you that will try to disrupt it. But my friends, always be a person of prayer and life will be so much easier for you. Praise God. Father, thank you for your people. And we thank you for your grace and strength to be people of prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Let's take communion together today as we wrap up uh, this segment. Next time I'll see you on Sunday, we will have completed the 40 day prayer challenge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I really do believe that there will be those who are already doing this. Others that will start. Maybe you're inspired to start, which is wonderful. And you will go 700 days without one single miss. Ooh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-mm. You know, when I was growing up in church, whenever we had we had a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And every time you came, because this was for the young people, uh, we get a little star and every, everything was tracked. And so there's the board Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you go to your, you know, your, um, youth class or whatever. Um, there was one girl, she never missed a class for eight years, not, not, not 800 days, eight years, <laughs> right? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, she, you could see like this board and it was just nothing but stars all along the board. I, I, I'm not saying that maybe, you know, she never took a vacation. Obviously not. Right. But for some reason she was always there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. She's probably still there, still there in church now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, didn't David say I'd Hey, just, just Lord, I want to be in your house. Mm, I'd, I'd even rather be a gatekeeper in your house than be in these other courts of splendor, but they're not your courts. I want to be in your house. 
Mm. Oh, glory to God to be in the presence of the Lord. All right. So Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And we thank you that we receive it as your children washed with the blood of the lamb. Father, we now receive the body of Jesus and thank you for his grace and anointing to be spiritual people, not carnal, but to be spiritual people who love to pray and stay in an attitude of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we confess our sins, and we thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, just as you promised you would in 1 John 1, 9. We thank you, Father, that we're clean through the mighty blood of Jesus. And we thank you for close relationship with you, heart-to-heart talks with you, and glorious experiences and encounters with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. My friends, thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Till then, be a person of prayer. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.